Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the You're Still Out podcast. The unfamiliar voice in the opening you're hearing uh, is yours truly, uh, JT, JTL, uh, as Keith likes to refer to me. Uh, Keith is um, whereabouts unknown tonight and uh, asked me to kind of, I guess, steer the ship, if you will, uh, on our normal Monday evening recap. And boy, do I have a treat for you. Uh, I'd like to welcome in uh, a very, very frequent contributor to the podcast, certainly often mentioned, um, not always for great reasons. We'll get into a few of those things. Uh, the one, the only, Scooter Gers. Welcome back to the chair, my friend. Jonathan, great to be here. What a day. What a day you've had. We can kind of get to that maybe in a little fairway files action. But uh, primarily, we are here to recap the 43rd playing of the Ryder Cup. I know it's an event that you and I both hold in high esteem. Exciting stuff. And... For those of you who are uninitiated, maybe listen to the pod for the first time or um, forget about, you can watch golf at a uh, eating and drinking establishment. The place that we love to do that is none other than Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Scott, you and I were both up there with about 20 of our golf sicko network on Friday afternoon taking in the Ryder Cup. I want to thank everybody that came out for that event. But at Chalk, you know, Golf season, I would say televised golf season kind of has come to a close, the bang right. in the Ryder Cup. Yep. But we are getting into October, we are. which means one thing and one thing only, college football, my friend. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what the uh, upcoming slate at Chalk is. I uh, want to talk about OU Texas. No doubt. So uh, give us a little bit about uh, Chalktober and then tell folks how they can get involved on OU Texas weekend. Absolutely. So. Just like Jonathan said, we are going to start and kick out a uh, what we've done it for the last couple of years up at Chalk. Uh, Audrey up there has done a wonderful job calling it Chalktober. Everything up at Chalk will be kind of spooky, folly, beautiful, Halloween-y look. And it's a great time. We're going to do drink specials all month of October, like a zombie teeny which is like rum, melon, liquor, pineapple, Sprite. It's uh, maybe a spider cider. Um, but we're getting all that stuff worked out, maybe a pint night, October 7th. So it's just, you know, they do a great job. We do a great job up there at Chalk, just really celebrating the whole month of October, getting ready for college football Saturday, NFL Sunday, you know, Thursday night specials, maybe even the rumor mill of bringing back the bucket of beer, Four oh people oh got to show your IDs. You get a whole nice ice cold bucket full of beer right there on your table. Uh, a lot of great things, a lot of good vibes happening up at Chalk. Come out and see us. Best place to watch a football game, some golf, whatever you know fits your fancy. We will throw it up on those TVs, and you can just act like you're sitting right there at your home with cold beer, good food and great service and unlike in years past OU Texas weekend and other big college football weekends first come first serve on yes. the seating so get there line 
up outside the door. Uh, we haven't officially seen an OU Texas kickoff time, yeah. which is a little bit weird, but you could pretty much lock it in. It's got to be 11 a.m., right? They got um, the fair going on. Get up there early so you can get your spot for OU Texas if you're not making the trip to Dallas. Right. Uh, the only place to watch sports in Oklahoma City that is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Let us let us host your, your tailgate. Let us host it. You know, you're in the air conditioning. Uh, come first come like JT said first come first serve there are opportunities to rent out the draft room and the West pit give us a call ask for West ask for Audrey ask for JP let them go through everything I think there's a $400 minimum for four hours in the draft room um, I know that one off the top of my head for the West pit get, call up Audrey call up JP call up Wes uh, get in there make your reservations if you need if you got a big old party we rock it we rock it out. Let us host your tailgate party up at Chalk. That is the place to be. And that is, again, where we were on Friday afternoon, where the Ryder Cup got off to a yep. raucous start. Scott, 19 to 9, an absolute drumming beatdown of uh, the European squad by USA. Before we dive into some fun storylines and some fun things that happened, just give me your general uh, impressions of the weekend, I guess, that was up at Whistling Straits. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start it off with none of the players. Uh, I'm going to talk about Stricker. Oh, Stricker, yeah. I am so impressed with this guy. He did a phenomenal job with the President's Cup. Now he's done a phenomenal job here. And I think there was even a question in the victory press conference is what I'm going to call it. Uh, I thought it was a, it was kind of one of the better questions of the day. You know, some of those questions were just, I think they realized that they were just there to party. Some of them maybe have already had a few drinks. They just didn't really want to ask serious questions. So it kind of got funny and just, but some of us kind of wanted some like in-depth stuff still. And one of the questions was, Stricker, would you do it again if you were asked to? Like, would, would you want to be the guy, the captain to do it again? And what the players did, like the players didn't allow him to answer the question. Like they were all like 100% yes, we would love, you know, I'm playing for that guy. And so like, that's like the biggest honor you can get right there. When DJ's going, I'm in, you give it to me, I'm in. And Stricker did the right thing. He's like, hey, they're not going to let me, you know, it's already kind of planned out. And, sure, he, played and he even well. said, I don't want to do it. He even said, I don't want to do that again. Like, I'm glad it's over. And he, that's who he is. Like, I think Stricker is a very humble, non-talker. Like he kind of said, I let these guys, they have the talent. The average was like 9.8 rankings in the world rankings. Like, he just said I had to get out of the way once I got them the information that they needed. Yeah. And I, sorry to, to go, but I'm just so impressed with that guy as a leader, as a captain, even, even hiring who he wanted as his vice captains. Right. The guy had a plan. And it freaking worked. Yeah, I think he was prepared and had a plan and, and stuck to it. Now that uh, <clears throat> I think we know it's easy to do when you jumped out to a big lead and you don't have to kind of adjust things on the fly. I think one of the best things Strick had going for him is that and he may have even said this in his uh, in the press conference. All 12 guys on that team, even now, have a, as good or a better resume than he ever had in his career, right? So there was no ego. Right. There was no uh, walking on pins and needles uh, like you would uh, with a Tiger or a Phil or even like a Tom Watson and some of these guys that have, have captained over the years. So got to gotta give it up to, to Strix. He knew he had a squad. 
that stacked up on paper really, really, really well, uh, and by far the more talented group. By far. And he let the horses run. Yes. He let the horses run. He put guys in good spots, kind of figured out who would pair well with who, and, and just let them go play. Yeah. So absolutely, got to give it up. Gavik got to give it up to Captain Stricker. Now, now with that, let's talk through some of those horses. Um, I'm ready. In a losing effort, we we got to talk about John Rom, man. What what a year that Rom has put together, right? And lone bright spot, I think we can probably say for Team Europe. But um, I thought that he basically put that whole team on his back, and it was clearly not good enough but how about the difference a year makes yes wrong right i mean i i think there were folks who questioned you know was rom one of the, the top players in the game uh, i heard this on another podcast that will go unnamed uh, this morning but I, I forgot he this is an equipment change year for him back at back in hawaii he was playing brand new equipment he was a right. brand new callaway staffer yeah unreal uh so before we start which will be a long list of lauding <laughs> the the united states players um uh, talk a little bit about rom and you know in in particular um how he just was just just blowing three people yeah i'm i'm gonna take this stance of and he didn't need to but i still i feel like rom went into the Ryder cup like he had something to prove yeah, which is and, crazy. And he doesn't. Yeah. But let's not forget how awesome his year was. He didn't win player of the year by the players. Yeah, which is. Uh, and the guy on the USA side and Cantlay did. And Rom's sitting there going, I think Rom just went the whole time like, everyone can just get the heck out of my way. I'm not losing to anybody at any time. Like, I'm going to play my game. And if something else, if we end up losing, it's not, it's because of my partner. It's not because of me. The dude was draining putts, the emotions that he was giving. And he's an emotional guy anyway, oh, yeah. but like he wanted it and he wanted it bad in my opinion. Um, I just, and even like, in, you know, watching his press conference, he was kind of, he kind of sat there and like made the comment of like, you know, I really hope I get to play in a lot more of these. And all the other guys like, I think you're going to be okay, Rom. I think <laughs> I think you're going to be fine. And he sat there and goes, yeah, but I don't want to take anything. His his response to them giving kind of rubbing sure. on him don't was, I don't want to take anything for granted. And that's who Rom. That's who he is. Like, and that's why he wears the emotion on his sleeve. And that's why I feel like he still thought he had something to prove because he felt like he should have been Player of the Year, but didn't win it in the eyes of his peers. Right. And so. Um, I just he did phenomenal, and I I love that guy. You know, I was heavy heavy on USA. Like he's to me, he's a hard guy to root against. Whether it has Europe across his chest or United States across his chest, just because I think he shows that emotion, but he's also humble and he just has so much passion for the game of golf. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that the matchup that he had of getting to play with Sergio. Uh, those two guys being kind of fiery Spaniards, you knew they were going to pair them together. That would have yeah. been a question. question. And they come out and uh, just absolutely set the world on fire. Yeah. And talking about team uh, team play on Friday, Saturday, which again, they were the lone, one of the lone bright <laughs> spots for uh, the Euros. Uh, 
and and didn't you know didn't give a lot of gimmies right didn't, didn't they didn't give a lot of gimmies they uh, did have, there have, was uh... <laughs> a little bit a little bit of controversy um from folks i believe i want to say jt bryson, bryson uh took umbrage if you will laid the putter down some short putts that were not conceded um i i have a take on that i i want to i want to kind of hear where uh, unbiased you know where you fall on the uh you know the the reaction that those guys had to not being given the the shorties I, honestly like i sat there and kind of was like yeah that's kind of crappy a european team not to give them that putt but when you're getting your butt kicked you gotta make the other guys put it out and like I kind of started getting mad at USA, like, hey, guys, like, just make them put theirs out, too. Like, you, you it's a two-way street. Like, you, you're not getting gimmies. Don't give them gimmies either. Like, and, and USA kind of was, like, oh, you can pick that up, you know, whatever. But then Europe's like, no, put it out. Like, but I, I, I was on Europe's side of understanding the strategy of, like, you know what? We got to make these guys hole everything out. Um, maybe get in their head if they miss that two-footer, you know. And I can start chipping away on them and stuff like that. But at the same time, like if it's out of reach, it's out of reach. And I don't know. I, I, I see both sides of it. I don't think you needed to show the reaction because I'm just sitting there going, Hey, just put, just put it, it out. Just put it out. That, that, that was, that was my take. Like as much as I'm a U.S. Homer and I was yes. again, just like you, I was, I was big on uh, the USA I uh, believe I predicted a 17-11 romp. They did two better than that. Yet, that kind of stuff, especially in – gosh, I I hate to call the guy out because he is my guy. But JT starts that kind of crap. Like, JT, just put it out. We don't need to see your whininess on that kind That's of That's what I'm saying. Stuff. Like, you're dominant. It's one thing – you know, I know you're a Bryce guy, but there's one thing for Bryson to do something like that. Yeah. Like, that totally fits his – whole deal jt just needs to roll the putt in and you know may, maybe say something under your breath as you're going off to let the europeans know that yeah you know don't you know fine don't don't give me anything the rest of the time i'll, I'll knock them all in but to kind of play the whole like give me this putt uh may, maybe there's some reverse gamesmanship and i'm just not that deep into the right? gamesmanship, I, but you do that kind of stuff but i'm with the you. other team like i'm noticing you're not doing this so i'm gonna make a big deal of it so it gets it back in your head right but you know to me Put it out. I, I would I would I see no issue with making me put it out. And if it if it bugs me enough, I'm gonna walk right by you, JT, and I'm gonna go, How about that scoreboard? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like I'm I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw that in your like because that's I mean, honestly, everyone kind of knows I'm the Patrick Reed Bryson fan. Like I'm gonna rub it in your face, but I'm not gonna show you the emotion that it, you're getting me for making me put a two footer. When I know I'm kicking your tail in, I'm just gonna walk by you and go. That's we're another we're, point on the we're, we're kicking your ass. Another point on the board. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And you know, I, I think that you know, I'm sure Europe felt like okay, we got to resort to some of these things to try to to try to turn the yeah. tide just a little bit because there were some strong teams. I wanted to go through some of the strongest teams, uh, really on both sides. But the the big one for Europe we've already mentioned. Uh, the Spanish hands themselves, um, but the expat team was was huge. Cantlay and Xander were absolutely nails. Uh, DJ Morikawa, I think, was another one that stuck out. That's like seventy five percent DJ though. 
I mean, <laughs> I, DJ DJ was the on thing fire. is like in foursomes though, they are able to be so dialed in when you're playing alt shot. But they're the perfect pairing. Yeah, because DJ at a course like Whistling Straits, which you can get away with some some waywardness, so you can really bomb it out there. On all those holes, they had them set up perfectly. Where, uh, you know, on number one, it's a short hole, yep. so Morikawa can hit it in the fairway. DJ can hit it on, knowing on the second hole it's a par five, so DJ's able to bomb, bomb it. Morikawa's able to do his long iron thing on the green, and just on and on and on. Yep. Alternate shot. They played both rounds of alt shot together. Uh, foursomes. Uh, they they were huge as a team, and I mean honestly, like Pat. Patrick and Xander were big. It was, it, and we, was. it was such a landslide that like a lot of teams played, a lot of groups played well together. But those were the two they sent out twice, uh, maybe even three times, and yeah. played well. Versus, you know, again, I'll just stay positive. But you know, JT and Spieth were kind of like a stalwart pairing yeah. that didn't really get it done. Spieth kind of had a bulky putter at times. But um, you know, if you had to, if you had to say, here is the top team for the U.S. and one that in two years I definitely want to see that pairing on and on and on uh where would you land would it would it be Cantley and xander or do you like dj morikawa i'm going dj morikawa um and the funny thing is is we really we really should be talking about jt and jordan speed that should that that talent level between those two should be the should be the squad but dj morikawa to me is gonna be fun for a long time they're already calling dj grandpa <laughs> and Morikawa's like what was he 24 yeah, yeah. you know whatever he is and those two were just a lot of fun to watch and I don't want to keep I'll let you I'll let you talk about that more but another team that I really enjoyed watching was Scotty Scheffler and Bryson absolutely I I wrote it down <laughs> in our notes is Bryson finally found a friend yeah I mean right I mean what chef I mean let's we're not even going to talk about Sunday and what he did on Sunday. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But it was so fun watching like Scheffler, like put it in the middle of the fairway, 300 yards, 315, whatever it was. And then letting Bryson just eat, right? Like he hit that 417. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. I and mean, they were even talking about it in the press conference. Like, what is it? I mean, when DJ, JT, Jordan, all these guys are like, they get a question from the media, but then they just don't even answer that one. They just look at Bryce and be like, Hey, what is it like flying 417 like in the middle of the fairway? It's but it doesn't happen if Scotty Shuffler doesn't just drill his to let him be able to do it. And I didn't get out ahead of that um in the preview show that Keith and I did. In retrospect, it makes perfect sense because uh, much like Finau, I thought that Finau might get with, with Bryson a bit more because Finau is kind of the, everybody likes him. He kind of yeah. can put up with anything sort of deal. And I think I, I overlooked. I thought Scheffler might need a little bit more um, kind of mentorship or somebody taking him under his wing. And in retrospect, that was brilliant because Scheffler is a laid-back dude. He, uh, um, I referred to him this weekend as the guy, like kind of the little bit older guy at the YMCA like yeah. pickup game. It doesn't, it doesn't look pretty. He just gets in there and bangs and somehow, you know, scores 30 points. That is Scheffler's MO and who better to pair with kind of the head case all over the place yeah. guy that is Bryson. Um, and Scotty Scheffler in retrospect, it's like, that was brilliant. It was pairing. brilliant. And waiting in the shadows of like every T box 
Phil was right there to like, <laughs> dude, Phil was like, there, like Sherpa. Yes. He, he, he went with Scheffler and Bryson, like the whole course. And like, they even said at the press conference, like, we can't tell you what Phil said because it, you're not allowed to hear what he said. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not good for live TV. <laughs> like he kept it just so just, uh, you know, loose and kept Bryson loose and kept Scotty loose. And like, they just went and it was awesome to just hear what they, you know, and, see what they could do so yeah that you're right that uh that was a sneaky a sneaky fun and effective yes uh pairing um that 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 chest bump or body bump or <laughs> belly bump or whatever that thing was that they did on 17 green was uh was just something i'll yeah. sear to my memory forever and um i don't want to get too far ahead of this but like bryson earned some fans like if they had like a yeah. little stat cast of like you're just seeing like the rise of like fan base for Bry like cheering Bryson on, like he did it and, and he, he wanted it and he got the crowd going. He had fun with it and he played really well. He did. He really did. And I think that I would equate it. Uh, this is going to be kind of bad since I'm a huge OU guy, <laughs> but everybody always hated Baker Mayfield. Right. And, yeah. and, and we, as, uh, as OU fans, uh, love Baker Mayfield. Like when that kind of guy is on your squad, you love, love him. him. When he's on somebody else's squad, you hate him. I think Bryson is that way. Like once he is like yours, like meaning Team USA, and he's on your team, it's like all that stuff is awesome. Like I can get behind <laughs> all that stuff. I think that's where Kepka right? was at. Like I he's think, on my team. Yeah, I I do think, and it was hilarious uh, in the in the post round press was that, was that at the press conference where they like hugged it out? Yeah. They're, they're like Xander got, got, uh, I, is it, I, no, maybe it was JT or Jordan. Somebody grabbed the mic. It was like, Hey, we ain't leaving here. And we're going to end this thing with Bryson and Brooks hugging. And all I can in think, front of all, all of I could think when I saw that happen in the press conference was, uh, yeah, it's just not natural to see those two guys together. I, I really thought it was something kind of like, uh, our, our man, um, uh, Peter Vinkman would say disaster of biblical proportion what do you mean biblical what he means is old testament mr yes. mayor real wrath of god type stuff exactly. fire and brimstone coming down from the skies rivers and seas boiling 40 years of darkness earthquakes volcanoes the dead rising from the grave human sacrifice dogs and cats living together <laughs> mass hysteria enough i get the point that all happened after that Bryson Brooks hug. It I, did. I think that that uh, played out just the way we all expected. And I want to I want to say this. This I'll say, and then I'll be done with the Bryson Brooks thing. But I don't know if I really truly believe it's over because here's where I here's what <laughs> of I watch. Not here's what I watch. Those two never stood by each other in any of the photos on the press conference on it like they were on separate sides of every photo of every media. I, I get it. Because and it was quick. It was a quick hug. Like, Hey, we're going to do this for USA. We're going to do this to win this thing, get the Ryder cup back with us, but we're not going to like each other once it's over. And, I think and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it too. And I think that's a, a valid shared goal. Like if you, you don't, you know, the, the folks that some, sometimes at work, you don't like the folks yeah, that you work with, or absolutely. maybe you don't like one person that you work with when a project needs to get done. Like I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing to get this, this work right. done. And so you could kind of put those things aside. And that seemed to be what Brooks and Bryson did uh, during the Ryder cup. And it was, it was, it was cool to see. Um, 
I want to say that the Bryson Scheffler force uh, four ball pairing that was on Saturday afternoon, right? Because that allowed, um, and then I think Spieth got paired up with Brooks. Berger got set, and so that allowed for one of the coolest parts of the Ryder Cup that I'm referring to as the Chug Duo. I don't know if you saw that. Oh yeah, uh, um, JT and Berger. Berger. Yeah. To talk talk us through what happened off the first tee um, whenever they uh, got set down and got to have a little fun on Saturday. Wait, afternoon. Just when the fans threw the threw the beer at them and yeah, they yeah. Just took a knee and. Burger shotgunned his like he got the T he hit the hole in it. So for those of you who JT just it, tried to chug like, it, they, they're following a match. They leave yeah. the first T and the crowd, you know, they're arriving up the crowd and the crowd throws down two beers from the yes. stand and JT and Burger looked at each other and we were kind of given that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Burger just, just shotguns it shotguns on the spot. It. I feel like JT and typical what's becoming JT fashion. I don't think he quite got through his beer. When he slammed that beer, there was too <laughs> was much beer that flew out. I, not impressed with the JT chug, super <laughs> impressed. And we expect nothing less from DB right. straight vibing. Yes. Uh, to me, one of the, one of the, in a, in a runaway win, you had to kind of to make your own realities. And that was one of the highlights of the Ryder cup was yes. the, uh, was the dual chugging of the bruise. The other one that I saw, what I thought was really cool was, when it was all said and done, some fan Sergio was walking. I don't know if you saw it, but Sergio was kind of walking by the fence line is what I'll call it, whatever it is. And a fan tossed Sergio a beer and Sergio caught it, went over and cheers with them. Like, Hey, you guys were great. And drank a cold beer right there with uh, a couple of the guys dressed up in the red, white, blue oh, yeah, yeah, flag yeah. suits. So as much as, you know, it was awesome watching just USA absolutely kill him. It was cool to see some of the Europeans. It was heavy, heavy, all American fans, right? I mean, it was not much European fans, mainly because they, you know, the whole COVID travel restrictions, sure, sure, all sure. that stuff. Um, but I was glad to hear from, you know, Europeans captain and stuff like that. And some of the guys that, Hey, you know, it was, it was really loud for the Americans and it was really silent for us, but they didn't go over the line with anything and they were good. Um, it, it, it did kind of suck for us cause we didn't have a whole lot of our fan base here, but uh, it wasn't anything uh, disrespectful or anything that the Wisconsin crowd and the United States crowds did uh, to get us off. Sure. Right. No, so, I, I think it was a great balance. I mean, they, yeah. they got on them and they did all the fun stuff that you would think of, but yeah. it didn't go over the line and, and the Euros were great with the yes. whole thing. So I, I thought it was a great Ryder Cup from that perspective. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the team play, the team format portion, yes. Um, you know, DJ Morikawa going yeah. undefeated. Sorry Cantlay, to get off track. Um, and Shoffley going undefeated. You know, I, I mean, hell, even even JT and Jordan won them. They won a match. Yeah, so they won like, a match. It's not like they got shut out. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That that Bryson Scheffler pairing was <laughs> was fun. It was fun on a time when it's like, we need some entertainment here. Yes. And they were super entertaining. They were super entertaining. Like even when, uh, I, mean, maybe, I know this was Sunday, so I'm getting ahead of us when Bryson uh, had the driver in his hand, I think on the sharp short par four, or maybe it was a par three, whatever it was. Um, cause Sergio, yeah. Cause Sergio went way, right. Well, let's go there. Let's go to singles. Okay. Let's start Bryson Sergio. Okay. He dominates Sergio. He dominates Sergio, but uh, Sergio's on the tee box goes way, right. And Bryson's holding his driver and puts the, puts the tee and the ball down, holding his driver, then looks at his caddy and the caddy's like, kind of like three wood here. And he's like, all right, so 
he gets a three wood three from the caddy and the crowd like moans and groans. They're, <laughs> they're mad. And Bryson puts the ball down, moves the ball a little bit for the three wood, puts it farther down. And then he gets, come on guys, stop. I'm still going for the green. <laughs> like it's okay. Yeah. And the crowd goes crazy. And so like, I just loved where Bryson was at. Like that's who Bryson should be kind of. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing he never get for the most part. He never gets that. Um, or at least this summer, he hasn't gotten that, that positive fuel from the crowd. Yeah. It's always been trying to take negative stuff and fuel. I and mean, then obviously he performs a lot better as we probably all would. Yes. Um, but it, I think, I th- really think the fan base getting behind Bryson and cheering for him helped his, helped his morale and helped his game. Uh, totally to beat agree. Sergio. Totally agree. So talking through a few more singles matches, obviously overall it was complete domination, you know, out of yeah. the, what, 12 singles matches. Uh, let's see. We w- outright won. I say we, the USA, excuse me, outright won. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the 12 tied another three with an absolute runaway with singles um fun to watch that kind of domination and as much as we lauded uh mr rom in the opening uh we know that he was taken down by our man's scotty scheffler and i actually uh this was a hot mic i think it was a hot mic that caught this uh immediately after (laughs) immediately after scotty scheffler took down number one in the world. You got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. That (laughs) is absolutely what my man, Scotty Scheffler. Scotty said that that from the chest right there. (laughs) From the chest. chest. (laughs) How about our guy taking down number one in the world? I mean, what about a statement? Uh, We had a pot. We had a chance at one point going, it was going to be 10 and eight. Unbelievable. He absolutely. He was up three dominated. after three. Like we were, like I'm on a little text thread with the group that uh, being a member at the Greens, and it was going crazy. Like we, I mean, there were things you can't say on a uh, family, family born, uh, family made podcast like the Your Still Out <laughs> is that uh, I could read of that, but we were straight vibing and hyped for Scotty and. Of course, you know, when you got Michael Jordan in the crowd as well, you know, a guy named Scotty is going to play well. Nicely done. (laughs) Nicely done. So (laughs) not the first time a a Scotty's played well in front of Michael Jordan. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Unfortunately, got to bring up somebody who did not play well. Please tell me we're on the same page here because I'm ready to, I'm ready to blow somebody up on the American team. Um. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the honors here to, to bash somebody first tee up uh, on the American squad. The guy that I know is on the tip of your tongue for not playing well. And then I'll take a little runway on somebody on the Euro side. Okay. On the American side, the guy that I'm extremely disappointed with on Sunday, Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. Interesting take. Interesting take. I was, he, he let me won like, I thought he tied this match. No, he Lose? he lost by three to Rory. Oh yeah, that's right. He goes out first, gets the honor of going out first. Drive, and down by Rory. I, he drove me nuts. He like, I think he's down three with like five to play. 
Okay. Yeah. And left every putt from that point forward about four feet short. And I'm like, they're not going to go in. You got to go, man. You got to take, you got to try to get the ball there to go in the hole. It just, I felt like, and I know I don't want to bring up conspiracy theories because you also see later on that night, Rory and Xander over there just partying it up together. And I get, the, it up. I get the whole thing's over. And I know they're good friends, but like, did you just let them have it, Xander? Like, you knew we were probably going to win. Like, you, you can't just because how good of a <sighs> I mean, competitor it's hard. you are. It's but like, hard to, it's hard to beat him up too much. I mean, he was, he I was, was three so and oh at that point. I was so mad at him on set. Like, he just had bad shots down the end. Against- to try to keep this thing going and it's not like rory i know rory i mean he was showing some emotion he wanted it because he had been playing very well all week um you saw how emotional he got afterwards because he loves the Ryder cup um he loves playing for the year you know i exactly what i love is i'm gonna play my absolute tail off either whether it's for me individually but when you get to put usa across my chest it means yeah. something a little different and i think I think Rory definitely thinks that, but I just did not like how Xander competed down the stretch when you got to make putts, man. And you can't, it never rolls in when you leave it four feet short. That's Cardinal rule. Cardinal rule. Cardinal sin is, uh, is leaving birdie putt short when it doesn't matter if you miss the comebacker. So I can't disagree with that. I just have a hard time getting on Shoffley. And I'm just talking, I'm just talking about on Sunday, right? I'm not, he, what he did with, with everything else the whole week, outstanding. I'm just talking, you're right there out of the gate. You've got the momentum. We're, we're, we're drilling them, and you j- really just let Rory just kind of pound you. So um, that's all I got. Interesting. Interesting take. Um, I, I'm going to go with something a lot more clear-cut and a <laughs> lot more objective, my friend. Um, I got to ask you, do you know off the top of your head how many points – Paul Casey put on the board for the Euro squad. Uh, I believe that'd be zero. That would be zero. Um, you went 0 and 4. Love correct? to beat up on the absent and defenseless. Uh, my, our guy, the voice himself, uh, Mr. Needham, had Paul Casey as his top point earner of the week. And lo and behold, 0 and 4 from Paul Casey. Surely now, Scott, that the man crush, the relationship, it's got to be over. This has to be the final straw that breaks up Keith and Paul Casey. I mean, <laughs> he's been an abusive, abusive lover for so long now. Well, Will was... Keith finally give up on Paul Casey? Well, we got a little, we, we need to get, uh, what's an intervention with Keith? Um, because before called Paul Casey, if I'm wrong, it was Jason Day. It was Jason Day. <laughs> so I don't know if the man just he's... likes to get, he likes to get hurt. Gets there. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, you just like getting hurt. I think, I think we need to play. I think we need to play matchmaker. <laughs> and when you say, Keith, here, here's, here's half a dozen. We got to get um, just, just, just outstanding <laughs> fine stock lads. Get, it's I, almost like, hey, there's this guy named Matt Fitzpatrick. I'd love to introduce you to him. <laughs> I mean, you guys have a lot of the same interests. You know, he's, he's a lot younger. He's a younger than you, you know, but that's, you know, big time future, maybe not. Yeah, he's got great, great manners. Um, he, he really doesn't have an AARP card. Yeah. So, Keith, if, you, if you're listening, and I, maybe I don't even know if you listen to your own podcast, um, we, it's, it's over, man. We're, we're, we're calling it. You got to break up with Paul Casey. If you don't do it, 
I'm sending the text message. It was ugly. It was. Uh, it was. It was real, real bad. Uh, from our from our man. Now, now I will, I will say, Paul got matched up with some pretty tough competition. He he did go up against some horses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Friday, Friday morning, uh, he and Vic Hovland got dusted off by uh, the aforementioned DJ and Colin Morikawa. Uh, they run him back out in four ball. He goes up against DJ and Shoffley. Uh, I believe they set him down on set. No, but you know, he goes no, out he, again on uh, against uh, Tyrell Hatton sure. uh, with Tyrell Hatton against DJ Morikawa. Beat two and one again. And then uh, singles, uh, he played. Who did he play? It was, it was a uh, DJ. DJ. <laughs> so hard, you know, Keith couldn't have seen that coming, but still, no points. Zero and four when he, you proclaim him to be your top. Player. How many points did DJ have? That was a hard DJ five, five, and <laughs> five and oh. First so, player to go five and oh in American Rider Cup. Hey, uh, hey, Patty, put him up against somebody else. <laughs> like, stop playing DJ. See, I, I hope that uh, I hope that is not the case. <laughs> um, so let, let's talk a little bit as we kind of close out the 2020 Rider Cup. <laughs> um, just kind of, kind of long-term, we like long-term prognostications when it comes to the Ryder cup. Um, it's easy, I suppose, to recency bias and what we yeah. saw was absolute domination, but, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, 2023, what you're seeing happening both on the Euro side and the American side, um, not just from like looking forward to it, but right. just, uh, anything you took from, from this playing that you kind of forecast forward. Uh, first thing I'm going to say is I wish it was going to happen in 2022. Um, I absolutely love the Ryder cup. I put Ryder cup one masters two Ooh, very in, nice. in my, uh, in my all time favorite things, favorite events. Uh, I'm going to go, I gotta, I gotta give Jordan Spieth a little bit of love here. I feel like it's a guy that we really didn't mention a whole lot. But in the victory speech, victory press conference, whatever you want to call it, um, there was a question that's like, hey, you know, you just want to enjoy it. Are you looking towards going back over the pond and uh, trying to win over there? Sure. Which is really, really yeah, hard for you guys that. to do. Yeah, he talked and about that. I think it really was uh, Xander first, or maybe it's Finau, and they just said, hey, we're just really going to enjoy today. We're really going to enjoy the now. And then Spieth grabbed the mic and was like, well, from somebody that was at Paris and somebody that was at, where's it? Medina. What was the one before Paris? Uh, Paris, Hazeltine and Hazeltine. 2016. Hazeltine, sorry. Uh, I think he, I don't think he was on the 2014. No, he squad. wasn't. It yeah, was, it was, was Hazeltine in day. Paris. He, he mentioned that like those weren't fun. Today is a lot of fun. Yeah, we I, I do feel like we're gonna party, we're gonna have a we're gonna really enjoy this, but there are some people up here that can't lie. W there's some unfinished business that we want to win in 2023. Yeah, uh, and, so and, and do sure. and do this again. And so I like hearing that. I like hearing that maybe this group, right, the exact same group tries to do it again together. Maybe there's a couple different intertwined people like you know obviously the captain picks maybe somebody's not there but the core is there to do this over in europe because it is harder to win it over there just like it is for europe to win it over here but it's really really hard 
to win this thing over there. Yeah, I would agree. It's much harder to, <clears throat> to win on foreign soil. And I've heard a lot of folks in the last 20, I guess now 24 hours, um, talk about, oh man, this sets up the U S it's just going to just four years straight of just your forces four playing straight. This, this crew is going to just dominate. I uh, actually a sent lot. a text message today to the greenies group that I will not see Europe win another Ryder cup in my lifetime. There you go. Oh, wow. So that's, obviously that's, was joking. How, like, I, you know, me? I, all, all week I said America by a hundred. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, I do feel like, if you look at our roster versus their roster, and their roster is going to be completely different in two years, right? Because a lot of these guys are going to be playing the senior PGA for the on that Europe team, um, which they could still play in the Ryder Cup. But I think they're going to probably try to go younger. And how young our group is, and how talented that group is, you're going to see a lot of the same Americans. And I think it's going to be a little different roster in 2023 for the uh for the european team yeah there's no doubt that their roster is going to be different I, I just think that um it's just really easy to get sucked into the domination oh, of things and uh you know in, in golf in particular in life but in golf for, for sure like two years is a long time yeah. right two years ago tiger woods was the master's champion um two years ago jordan spieth was lost in fact a year ago jordan yeah, speed right. was lost right so two years while, ago patrick I, reed was captain america well i think that he's not even on this roster well i think that um the, the talent level itself that gap will not be closed in the next two years i think between the foreign soil and how hard it is to win when you're not playing with the home crowd and then all that can happen over the next two years that we don't even, we don't even have in our heads right. as happening. And then third, I mean, literally everything went against the Europeans <laughs> this time. Like they, I mean, they're, uh, they, they didn't, they across to a man didn't play up to their potential. Right. Uh, as you mentioned, no European fans, uh, unless they were like hired. Right. Um, it seemed like it was set up very well for the U S from a course perspective, like every, like not only was everything stacked against them, nothing also went their way. Yep. And again, I loved it because I wanted that American yeah. route. Uh, but I do think that, you know, two years from now, it'll be very interesting to see everything that transpires. Um, when we, when we roll to, uh, to the home country, yes. my friend, the home country of Italy, uh, yes. should be fun. Should be uh, fun. I fully agree. And you have to throw in the fact that, all these Europeans, whether they were on this team or not, they're going to have 19 to nine, like oh, yeah. somewhere in their house, bulletin like board, baby. it's on their bulletin board for the next two years of we're never going to allow that to ever happen again. Like I want to be a part of that team that never allows that to ever, ever happen again. Yeah, I think you're right. And, um, Hard to to do a to do a just a great like very clean segue because it, it, we miss our host Keith yes. Needham just absolutely of the segue. I will say if there is one event, one event that could match the Ryder Cup in in prestige, yes, in energy, passion, uh, passion definitely in uh, talent gap 
Um, but not to be made up for, uh, or not to, not to be shortchanged in fashion. Yes. What would you say that event would be my friend? Uh, I would say that is called the congregation or what some people have known it as is slump busters. Yes. My friend. Um, but now the new name of the congregation. And I will say this one other similarity between the Ryder cup and the congregation is the preparation that Steve Stricker put into the Ryder cup. <laughs> Jonathan Teal put the exact same amount of preparation into, if not more, because I don't know. Well, just like Steve Stricker, all Jonathan, the guys in the event have a better re- golf resume than I do as well. Jonathan so we have a Teal lot of striking similarities. Didn't have the supporting vice <laughs> captains that Stricker did. He did this literally so, solely in, by himself. I, I brought in uh, instead of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael Jordan. I don't know. I brought in. <laughs> so, yes, the Kong is what I would call it. Uh, is this coming weekend? The congregation is Take it here. Away. Well, this week, the congregation week, week is here. It is here. Uh, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, which could be, <laughs> Everyone. Frank, quite frankly, could be a lot of you listening to this. Uh, we are in the 16th year. Wow. This will be the 16th playing. That's a driver's license uh, for the Kong. Yes, the, the Kong can they drive. Can drive. Uh, for an event formerly known as the Slump Buster Cup, now known as the Congregation uh, started way back in 2006, bringing some buddies Jeez. up to Wichita, Kansas, of all places, to play a little golf. Uh, 16 years later, we've been going at it uh, every fall, and uh, it's 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 here again, my friend. So where was um, where was it year number one in Wichita, Kansas? Year number one, we actually played. Is it um, McDonald? We played the final round at McDonald's. So <laughs> oh we did. Uh, we did the more we did how a, far you have we come, played my three friend. courses in two days so we actually played a course that no longer exists the brayburn, brayburn. WSU golf yes. course it on is Saturday now, morning. Uh, apartment complexes and a ymca and then we went to uh sim park we, we stopped at chipotle and had lunch Simple. went to sim park for the afternoon 18 and then finished out at mcdonald uh, on far? Sunday morning. And we have come a long way because the course we're playing at this year oh. is absolutely aces. Scott, how excited are you personally? And then tell the folks who haven't had the experience of getting to Boiling Springs Golf Club what they're in for. Well, I got it, you know, big fan favorite here because I went to college in Northwest Oklahoma. Oh, and so that. Woodward is just right out the outstretch of Alva, Oklahoma, where I graduated from at Northwestern Oklahoma State. But Boiling Springs, to me, it has an incredible feel to it that Oklahomans don't. It, it's not an Oklahoma course. Great that. point. I think that's well said period it is not uh it has that australian feel i almost go even a little step farther and just saying it's like a it's a beauty florida course almost it's got the sandy fairways off to this side it's got rolling the greens are gnarly uh great great leadership up there at boiling springs Absolutely. uh jeff does a great job um I'm 99.5% sure I got that name right. Jeff Jeff is Wagner. Jeff, Jeff Wagner. Wagner. He, he nailed it. <laughs> I was looking at you like, come on, man. Uh, but yes, Sorry. that was uh, Sorry, Scooter, but, for uh, the, uh, non-affirmation. Uh, he has taken care of JT and everybody else um, to make this happen. I am 
uh, 10 of 10 excitement to get to Bowling Springs, play a little alt shot Friday, 36 holes Saturday, 18 Sunday. I, I want to be clearly in this thing or way the hell out of this thing <laughs> so I can enjoy some daddy pops and kick the feet back and just try to uh, enjoy the rest of the week, watch some K-State OU football and just really enjoy some guy time and uh, in and around the golf course. So daddy pops, daddy pops. I've not, I've not, uh, have not heard it referenced as that. My junior college baseball coach would end practice with like, Hey, good job guys. You guys all deserve a daddy pop. Go enjoy. Just stay out of trouble. We were well like, <clears throat> for certainly perhaps I should have, of um, prefaced this section of the podcast with a if you are a listener who could care less about the day in day out um you know buddies golf experiences as uh, keith and i like to call them the fairway files probably the time uh, to tune out because we are going to take a deep dive previewing the congregation Let's folks we're going to go person by person through this field and really give some love to each and every one of the 20 participants that we have this year. Going to go through some, you know, key pairings uh, that we're excited about. We're going to maybe do a little bit of prognostication. Um, we're going to really just going to break it down as a tournament of this high at this at this level uh, really, really, truly deserves. So, um before we get there, want to talk a little format. <laughs> I like that. Yes, Just so folks absolutely. know what we're doing. Right? Yeah. So format for the congregation is match play. So just like the Ryder Cup, we're not talking about uh, stroke play scoring. We're not talking about uh, gross scoring. We are talking about pure match play. And so these 20 guys, they will all play six nine-hole matches. So 36-hole day on Saturday and 18-hole wow. day. On Sunday, that divides up um, <clears throat> over 54 holes into six nine-hole matches. And what we will do is the best records of those six matches, uh, whoever has the top two records and any ties for second. So let's say we have a guy go 6-0 and uh, and two guys go 5-1, and one, or we have a guy go 5-1 and one, and three guys go 4-2. and two. All of those guys will go into a sudden death. So there's shootout. a playoff no matter what. There is a playoff no matter what. So let's say we have one guy go 6 and 0, one guy go 5 and 1. They're going into a playoff. We got one guy go 5 and 1, three guys go 4 and 2. We got four guys in the playoff. Okay. Because we're trying to create that drama and it's awesome. Everybody groups up, carts up. You got yeah. the other Yeah, I remember you know, last year 16 was, to was 18 really cool. guys that are all strolling up the fairway, riding up the fairway cheering or jeering uh these guys on so that's the format that's what we're gonna um, be looking at uh but yeah i'm just gonna go right down the roster i know some of Let's these some of most of these guys you've had the opportunity to play with we have some new guys in the field uh but but bear with us folks we want to make sure every one of these guys gets a shout out so i'm going to start with my neighbor none other than alex Borland. Um, I think, I don't know if you got to play in his group. I know you got to meet Alex last year. Okay. Uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts about Alex, what you know about him um, as it relates to the golf game or I suppose anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I remember Alex just, you know, kind of a lot of the names bold, 
kind of combined together. So if I remember correctly, he was, he was pretty good. Um, but from what I'm hearing is he's got some big improvement on the game, but at boiling, if you go far right or far left, you're in trouble. You're and in trouble. so, um, I'm interested to see what Alex does. I think he's coming in with a 14 handicap. Am I right on that? He's at a 14, which I think is a, is a fair, fair bit better than last year, probably in no small part to being uh, employed now by very golf friendly Novo. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. That's probably helped a lot of Friday afternoons. There you not go. Really doing anything but playing golf. So, um, uh, I agree with pretty, that assessment. Pretty good character. Great character. Um, so he's going to keep it loose. He's going to keep it friendly. He's going to do, I, I kind of like, I'm, as a guy that has won the money in the uh, Calcutta. Oh, yes. Well, we, we talk Calcutta. For the uninitiated, we I auction wanna, off every golfer. I don't want to give away my philosophy, but I'm going to. I like the guys. Oh, being a listener pace. Yes. I like the guys with the higher handicaps in these types of situations. You get hot. If you can get hot and you play well. And I honestly think at Boiling Springs, Bogey net par is going to win some holes. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally so, agree. And another high, another high handicapper that I think, in fact, I believe the highest handicap in the field, none other than Barrett Hartman of the Sports Pros Network. And that man can crush he a can golf ball. Absolutely crush the ball. Um, I think that having that hefty handicap. Helps you. I did not even see that. Helps you tremendously. He's in an 18-7, which again is a nine, basically a nine-hole handicap because we're playing nine-hole matches. A lot of differential there. Uh, similar to Alex, though, you get you get wayward. Yeah. At Boiling Springs. Yeah. And and Barrett could be in a world of hurt if you're chopping out of those sand dunes on every hole. So, on the plus side, he plays well. He's going to have a really hard time not winning matches because he's going to make a lot of those net birdies if he's making pars. But I think uh, it, it's all about at boiling Springs. Is he going to be able to keep it in play? And then you've played there and you know that the undulations on those greens, said you're, on the gnarly. Right, you're on the wrong spot. I said they were gnarly. You've got to have touch. You got to have feel. And much as I love my man, Barrett, you know, it's probably not, <laughs> that's not his game, right? He's, he's the big hitter. So that's Barrett's game, and, and we'll, we're probably going to try to get going through these. Uh, Bobby Gibson. <laughs> yes. Um, you give take, us your you take this one. You, you may take say, Bobby. One. Yes. So, Bug, I think um, he's – every year I wait for him to catch fire and win this thing, right? He's – I think he's at his lowest handicap since he's been playing in this thing. He's kind of becoming a veteran of the Kong. Uh, this is his fifth year to play in the congregation – Absolute great hang. Love playing with Bobby. Um, I think that that there's going to be a year, and this could be it, that he catches fire and it absolutely destroys folks. He, okay. he throws in a couple 78s. He's just going to blow folks off, yeah. off the planet. I know that he took a scouting trip up to Boiling Springs. Uh-oh. And he, he, let's just say he shot below his differential. So he's going he's gonna to be coming in with good vibes. He knows the place. So something to keep an eye on when it comes to, uh, okay. to, book, to book Gibson. Um, a first-time participant that neither of us have ever played with, I, he actually came out to the, uh, to the event that we did at Stewart this June, uh, the Mashy Meetup. And uh, that, that's none other than Brett Dixon. From uh, he is actually a member at 
Tulsa Country Club. First time participant, first time at Bowling Springs. First time participants. Have Will he some- be there Friday for the alt shot? I think he will be there Friday for the alt shot. Um, We will be doing an all optional uh, Friday evening alternate shot, uh, two man. Um, Certainly folks who have never been to Bowling Springs will be helped out by that tremendously. Let me tell you what else is going to help out our man, BB Dixon, Um, a 0.5 handicap. Yeah. A 0.5 handicap can cure a lot of ills, whether you're a first time participant, you're a first timer at Bowling Springs. So I would, I would look for uh I would like for BB to play. That goes play for a ball. little. Uh, do we need a little bit of this? Cinderella story out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. I mean, I feel like <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. I, the, the, I don't it's know. If, <laughs> shut up, Carl. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you can call it 0.5 handicap to Cinderella. Story. Well, it's first timer, you know, like it is, a, a it much, is a is. much, much Sorry. better version of the Cinderella story. <laughs> at least from 2015, is the next man on our list, Dow Blocker. Now, I know nobody's got to meet Dow because he hasn't played since 2015. He moved away. I'm sorry. He, no, I'm sorry. Is this the guy from Ohio? Pen- Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Coming so, all the way back from thing. Pennsylvania. Very much the same thing. Samsonite. Um, he actually, I'm sorry, he, he won in 2015 as a Cinderella story. Absolute The fashion sense of 70 shag carpet this man has. Um He's excited about getting back for the first time, I think since 2019 uh, is the last time he played it, 2018. And so he's coming all the way back. My question for Dow, I've played with him quite quite a bit back in the day. He's got the – he's one of those players that it's like there's no way. Is it, Does he know he's aimed that far left? <laughs> and then he plays the mega slice, but oh, it's man. it's always perfect. It's just like he counts on it and it goes that's dangerous starts out left though. and it always rides out of the fairway starts out left always right side of the fairway so uh god willing we'll see dow make the trip down and not have any travel issues uh coming from uh the great northeast or midwest <laughs> or whatever they call pennsylvania uh a guy both of us I'm, have a lot of familiar with i'm not happy with this one right here daddy don powers big daddy don if we gave a um a most improved player award you said that already yeah which we don't um <laughs> don would get it this guy you know when you get in the and i did say this on kind of a pairing show that i put out for the guys that are playing uh so excuse the redundancy but once you get into that you know eight nine handicap range it is a huge jump to get further down than that he was right there about at a nine he's clocking in at a four and a half handicap index this year what are your thoughts on big daddy don's chances well i play him opening round yes yes you do which i'm not entirely happy about i didn't like my matchups last year felt like you didn't want me in the uh okay i I feel like i had a really tough road let me just get out ahead of this let me get out ahead of this (laughs) for anybody who's listening to this and playing in the congregation literally a random draw and because people question my integrity, I I don't know. I didn't question vid- anything. I videoed a internet-based like wheel of fortune thing to make the pairings. Yeah. And so it's not about me I'm not, not a, liking no, I get it. it puts you up against people. I get it. That the gods, it was just a the same was, gods that gave you Bryson as was, your player in the Ryder Cup was true. the same gods that matched you up against your, your pairings. It was a friendly rubbing. But proceed, and- but proceed. Uh, My name's been sullied a lot in on this podcast, and I'm not going to stand for it. 
All I'm saying is I'm a little worried about this one because Don can crush a golf ball and I've, I've played with him before. And when he is on, it's a tough dude to beat. And so I love the guy, a lot of fun to play with. I'm excited about that. Uh, It's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup. And uh, I do think he can play well here. I don't know if he's ever played boiling Springs before. I don't know if he's ever made the trip. I don't think he has. Um, he is staying at the Super 8. That was his lodging choice, so you have that going for you. That can't be quality lodging in Woodward, Oklahoma. <laughs> Forgiveness to any Super 8 listeners and uh, loyalty members. Are they the that ones have. that leave the light on for you, or is that uh, No, they don't, they don't even leave the light on for you. <laughs> it's dark when you roll into Super 8 in Woodward. Is that uh, the one? <laughs> Motel 6, bro. Motel 6. They leave the light on for you. Tom Bodette. Yes. Free ad. We have a lot of free ads. A lot we got to cut that out. Um, um, so I will say that Daddy Don has not, I do not think he's been to Bowling Springs. Okay. And he is another person that if he gets the high right miss going, the man could shoot 88. So let's, let's just see what Don shows up on Saturday yeah. morning. Uh, another guy you never know what you're going to get from. I believe you've played a few rounds with our man, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Yes, we have the Arizona yes, Cardinals head coach. Another guy that I had to match up against last year. Jeff, how well, then you can totally break down his game. What do you think his chances are? I believe he's coming in at a 10 handicap, which is a, to me, to me, 10 is the most dangerous handicap in golf. Your thoughts? Uh, my handicap's a 10. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, he uh he can, another guy that can hit just at beautiful golf swing. Uh if the driver is working, this guy can be dangerous as well. I mean, I don't want to just continue to play the same record over and over again, but um the guy has a can absolutely be especially at Boiling Springs, probably be 60, 70 yards out on a lot of holes. And if his short game is second shot in, can keep him around the vicinity of a good uh putt to make birdie par he's gonna win some matches and so i i like his chances i I, jeff's a guy that can get uh you know beer 30 comes pretty early for uh for jeff Uh, and if he can avoid uh kind of the (laughs) the uh the the Miller lattes kind of kicking in and, and making that handicap go from a 10 to an 18 and a half that that's going to be the key for uh for for Cliff Kingsbury this year is can he keep the beer intake down to keep the handicap down to make the nerves be down to 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 handle those fast fast greens and boiling uh, boiling spring that that's time will that's, tell that only, only only time will tell time will tell uh well that that brings us to everybody you have to take this one because i can't talk about myself oh uh none other than uh yours truly uh the mish uh i i i'll just i'll just leave it to you scott i mean you 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 play with me a lot you just 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 assess things as we roll into the congregation uh, as it relates to my game well yeah so we have jonathan teal don't hold back um I'm going to go this route is, is where is Jonathan's focus brain going to be? Is he going to be the Jonathan that wants to compete and win this thing? Or is he going to be the Jonathan of, I want to just make sure I'm a really good host for the boiling Springs people. Make sure all these 19 other guys around me are being respectful, understanding that this course is a great place 
Uh, we have a good friendship now with the uh, GM uh, here at Boiling Springs. Uh, or is are we getting the Mish or are we getting Jonathan? I guess is the best way. Are we gonna? How are we gonna decipher which one we can do it? I think you're gonna get Jonathan because I think he likes to compete. I think he really likes the the match play, and he does well in them. I don't. Maybe I've beaten him one or one or two times in just a match play event at Lincoln when we play against each other. Um, the iron game and the putting is Jonathan's strength, and at Boiling Springs, that's exactly what you need. Um, as long as you can be a little bit on point with the driver, but that second shot and what you can do on these greens gives Jonathan a very, very good chance to possibly win this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm just a, to me, I'm a classic vanity handicap. Anytime my handicap gets into single digits, it's I feel like a total fraud. Uh, I, <laughs> especially the times that it's gotten down to like, you know, you know, mid sixes or sevens. It's like, that's not who you are, bro. Um, the putter. And the putter it's, keeps me in every single match. Exactly right. Uh, the amount of times that I have, you know, made a 15 footer when it looks like I'm going to, you know, lose a match, I scratch out a half that, that goes a long way. I will say around that, the greens too. It's, it's, yeah. I think your Don't game, give, a game around away, the greens, give away nothing around the greens. 35 yards and in to even just the fringe, what you can do with a hybrid or a 56 degree or whatever degree you use you are always in it because you can put it within three to four feet and make that putt to where a lot of us are going to be, in my opinion, two to three putts a hole. Yeah. And so that's where, that's where you're getting. Yeah. Goes. So it's, it is interesting as much as I appreciate that about the irons and the putting. I, I think the bottom line, just like almost every person we've talked about is I've got to get it. I got to get in play. Yeah. Like if, if I'm getting the driver in play, uh, I'm going to be tough to deal with. Um, but the, the John, if you will, that we should really be talking about is Mr. Kino, John Kino Shita, our defending, defending champ. Not only is he a defending champ, bro. He has lowered his handicap by, I think it's four strokes, but only be three by several strokes. He's turned up the protein shake intake from what I understand. <laughs> Okay. He's coming in this thing jacked, huh? Coming in jacked, and he is hungry, hungry to become the first ever back-to-back champ, first international winner last year. I didn't um, never do that. Did you get to play with Kino last year, and any thoughts about his game or, or his uh, prospects, if you will, coming in? I did not play against him last year. I did take him to win the whole thing in the Calcutta, like I said, mentioned before. <laughs> Chetching. Uh tipped him pretty well, I feel like. And I just remember him versus, I believe, Sean Lambert in mm. the playoff. Yep. Was there a three-man playoff or was it just two last I year? I think it was just, just those two. two. Okay. And uh, he had a really good drive on 18 Lincoln East. Sean made a miraculous shot out of the trees. One of the greatest shots of all time. Uh, to put it, I think, within 10 feet, 8 feet maybe. And just to stay focused and to be able to put his next shot inside of Sean's, um, they ended up having the hole, I believe, and having to go play number one. Um, but it was incredible, just the focus, the nerves, everything. You got all the all the people's carts around. They're watching you. It's all eyes on you. 
boom, he puts that thing right there uh, inside of Sean's, and it was awesome, just awesome to watch. Again, if he if he plays good, he's got a chance with that handicap. That twelve point four, baby. That uh, again, very dangerous. You get hot. That uh, is a lot of net birdies. One man uh, who will not have the benefit of many, if any, net birdies is a first time slump buster participant. Uh, the lighting specialist himself, Mr. Justin Vink. I don't think you've had a chance to play with Vink, so I can kind of talk about his game. And I played against him. Huge scouting trip. Talk about scouting trip. I think that uh, oh, of course. that uh, Booger Doss, Booger Doss, Booger uh, Gibson and Spencer went up uh, for maybe an afternoon. I want to say that Vink spent a whole weekend up there, 36-hole day, 18-hole day. Uh, he is fully prepped. Um I think I get four has and a half a, strokes. Up has here. a lot of us pointing at Vink to slip on the favorite to slip on the green jacket. He, he needs to kind of avoid the snappies, right? A lot of us have that, that high right miss, right? It's kind of going right. It's going high. I can't control that. But Vink's got to avoid those low snappies because those don't play any better than the high rights Facts. out at Boiling Springs. So uh, Vink, definitely somebody to keep an eye on. He is going to be one of two Justins in the field. The other one we have intimate intimate knowledge of uh that would be none other than jay hop justin hoppick best handicap in the field at get this bro some folks would be like how does that work a plus 0.9 handicap plus 0.9 everyone's favorite lefty i think we can both say i think i've seen him play recently he's dialed with the driver he's dialed with the irons even in spite of going through his spring chains I think the question that we're all asking is, and I, we didn't prep for this. What is the question that everyone should be asking about hop? Can he putt? Can he? Can that he goes putt? for the three footer, the five footer, the seven footer, the nine footer. He's been putting in the work with the putter. I've seen him uh, as of late. He is actually doing the Jordan Spieth. Look at the hole while putting. He putted one of the best rounds I've ever seen him putt out at Lincoln uh, two Sundays ago. But again, Lincoln East, as much as we love Lincoln, it's not, not Boiling Springs. Springs. Uh, so um, what, what's, what's your assessment? I mean, is, I did, you know, it's, all, it's easy to say best handicap, best player in the field. Yeah, He's going to go out there and mop talent. the floor with these guys that are 12, 15, 20 handicaps. I don't. He's the most talented player in the field. I know you just said that. I, is he going to win match play? I don't know. Uh, and before, we're going to jump. I'll jump ahead a little bit. There's one match where he is in a nine-hole match, giving up nine strokes, a stroke every hole. Look, Hoppick is going to bogey some holes, and that means yeah, everybody he, bogeys holes at Bowling Springs. I don't I, care who you are. I don't care who you are. This is not a knock on Hoppick. This guy mops the floor anybody that I've ever played with, but he is going, these greens are going to not necessarily eat his lunch, but they're going to make him bogey holes. And if the guy that's getting nine strokes on him plays, just, just decent, decent gets to win the hole. And he's it. I don't think this format does well for hopping. Very interesting. Yep. Possible bulletin board material. We know that hop will be listening to the pod. Uh, so he, he may, I love you, dude. And I love playing with you and I love your swing. I think, I think this, this podcast transcript is going up on the fridge. 
he's going to be he's going to be spending even more time on the range out at Karsten. I'm 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 rooting for you, Hop. You're, you're my guy. Um, next on the list, Keith Needham. Ooh. Keith Needham, the voice of the YSO podcast. He's actually shown flashes of brilliance this summer. That 83 that he shot at Pacific Dunes, how about that? It, I mean, he can't, the number two ranked public course in the entire country, and you're shooting an 83. 83. Uh, talk about Keith's game. I know you've gotten to play with him a lot this summer. Uh, can he keep the big numbers off the scorecard? I Yeah, but I think he can, because even, even if you have a big number off the scorecard, you just lose that hole. That's true. And I think Keith can come back. And when Keith's putter is hot, watch out. Cause I've seen this dude drain like 70 footers. I've seen this dude drain 50 footers. Like this guy can, he's got talent. And if he's playing guys that I think if he gets pops on, it's a guy to look out for. I'll say it. I, I think you're right. I think that he could. And that's the thing in this format, the way we have the scoring set up, you know, if you have one bad nine holes even and you take a loss, you could still go five and one, four and two yeah. and find yourself in that playoff. Yeah. And then it's about one or two holes of playing grade. So, yeah, I think you got to look out for Keith at a, at a 14, 14 and change. I will uh, say this, though. Sometimes karma comes back and gets you. He went and played boiling and didn't come back with kind of the same vibe you and I had of playing boiling. I don't think he liked it as much as us. He didn't like it because there's not a driving range. He's one of those guys, which in re- and then he turns around this week and he's, he's like, saying, Hey, you know like, what, dude, I didn't get to warm I up. I think boiling has his quotes up from the pod of what he got to go play. boiling, <laughs> And I don't necessarily, he gave it the greatest review. Thanks a lot, Keith. Get, and you I just do got a think bunch of, that can sucker come back. Pins. A lot of sucker pins now. Cause you're, you're bad mouthing a bowling springs. How dare you? <laughs> uh, um, uh, nothing but love for you, brother. Nothing but love. Uh, speaking of nothing but love for a guy, nobody ever has a bad thing to say about our next participant, Luke, Luke dog Hobbs. Yes. Everybody loves Luke. Love Luke. You got, I know you got to play with him last, uh, last year. Um, love Luke. Don't necessarily know if I love his game here for boiling. Okay. Talk us through it. Talk us through it. Scrambler is a scrambler. Scrambler. Uh, I, I hope, Hopefully he's played some rounds. Sometimes I feel like he goes through some stretches of not getting to play golf a whole lot. Sure. Which um, is tough, which is so, tough. especially when you have kind of a, you know, a kind of a mid-level handicap. I think he's at a 13 or something okay. like that. So, but that's the thing is like you get to a 13, that means you've probably played some good golf. You're shooting in yeah. some low eighties rounds, yeah. mid eighties. Um, then you go a stretch without playing golf. It's easy to get up in the 95s, 100s. I will. I will ask. This is this is the best way I can describe it. I'm going to ask Luke how his golf game is most recently before I bid on him in the Calcutta. That's a, that's a good call. I think that's a good call. I think. Hey, I think. Hey, hey Luke, where, where's the game at right right now? Where's tweet the game at us. At? Tweet at us uh, and tag at Scotty G21. <laughs> we'd love we'd love to hear from you out on the out on the Twitter. Um, couple guys that we're going to probably have to fluff up a little bit here because I've played with one of the two Kiger brothers once. I've never played with Sir Nick Kiger. You can take them both because I don't know who either. Um, these, I will say kudos to our man Cliff Kingsbury because he has widened the congregation network quite vastly in and of himself. If, if I were to – I didn't do this before the pod, but if I were to look down – just this year's list of 20 guys really fast. I'm seeing 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys just that tie back to our man Jeff Heiliger alone. The Kyger brothers add two more to the list. First time participants in the congregation, uh, kind of right there together. One's a nine, one's a ten. I love, uh, I love, I love Nick. He, he sent me an email. And it's like, hey man, yeah, I'm a nine, but I, you know, I've been playing like crap. And you know, I, I just, I, I, you know, I can't, if you want to put me down at a nine, you know, I get it. That's fine. But you know, I'm really not playing like a nine. Total, what does that sound like? What does that sound like? That sounds like something you'd really like to have in a flood. You'd really like to have when the waters are getting higher and higher. Yes, that sounds that's whiffs, whiffs of a sandbag. But maybe here's what you need to do maybe go away from the handicaps altogether. And you get a pop for every guy that you bring into the congregation. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, I mean Jeff would be playing. Jeff would have thirty handicap. Uh, he'd be a, he'd be a, he'd be a lock. He'd be a lock. Uh, but excited for the Tigers uh, to play in the event uh, again. I've I've known Ryan a little bit now, even though I've played golf with him once, and I've always I think Jeff's been after him for a while. So we're getting a two for one special with both the Tiger brothers it. coming into the Kong. Uh, Scooter, I, I gotta, I gotta say talking about your game, you're the next man on the list. I, I'm loving, I was loving your chances when I made my notes coming into this. Um, you gotta fear. I said earlier, fear the 10 handicap pretty hefty from a guy who even before today's proceedings, multiple rounds in the seventies this summer, I want to say an even part 36 hole nine brand new irons grip change has you flushing the golf ball and that was before i learned that you go out today and play 36 and drop off a little 76 this afternoon at lincoln east um if you know i never being the the, the woes me nonprofit guy i never really get to participate in the in the calcutta because it's like i mean 20 bucks didn't get me very far if you know what i mean i may be doing some um some venture capitalism to raise a little money to, to put a bid on you, my friend. Um, if, if I, if I, if I limited you, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. If I limited you to three words to describe your game right now, what would they be? <laughs> Keith may have to do some editing. During Can I do four words? Four words. I mean, you're going to do a sentence here. Okay. No, four it's, words. it's literally going to be do or die putter. Do or die putter. So if the, you feel like if the putter is even remotely, so you kind of little have some hopping vibes, you're hitting the ball great, but you're a little concerned with the flat stick. That's I, what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, I think I, can, we go, know at Bowling I can go as far or be completely out of this thing by one club in my bag, and I'm, I would highlight my putter. Well, I, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, the reason that, you know, we have, a, there's a lot of guys in this, you know, that range from, uh, you know, an eight or so to uh to a 12, maybe a 13, that range. And it's because like, man, we feel like we get it figured out, have good rounds. And then all of a sudden we throw in the 90, the 92. And it's like, what the heck happened here? What happened? Uh, to me, like, if you are able to, almost like the inverse of what you said about me earlier. If you got the putter working and you cannot give away any holes yeah. around the green with short game shots, I, I just think that uh, that 10 handicap is going to play really well. When, when you're, you know, you said, Oh, I'm only getting, you know, four and a half shots against whoever Vink. Well, it's like, dude, if you go out and shoot a 39, 
he's not going to shoot 35. Right. So I, I think that I think that your handicap is going to play well. I know you're playing well right now, so I think that's going to go a long and way. I will say this: I'm not concerned of the alcohol intake during the rounds. You can hear that pounding on the table. Sorry. By the way, Saturday night after all the rounds are over, oh, what little, happens between fatigued. and 8 a.m. on Sunday with? So you might be in the, in the Heilig era. But I also kind of know if I'm in if I'm in this or not. I'll know it, it'll it'll make a it'll little sway the proceedings. Yeah. Very good. Uh, got got four more golfers we want to talk through, and uh, God bless you, listeners, for sticking with us. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are just skipping forward to hear your name, which is also very very fine with us. Uh, Spencer Hunt, my man, Spinny. I love Spencer Hunt. I don't get to hang out with him enough. I I would go on record as saying this has to be his lowest handicap of his career, certainly in this event. Don't know what his game was like before he joined the congregation, but 13.3, he's playing well. Um, I know he's going to be riding and sleeping in class in his RV. Um, You know, he loves to gamble. That kind of gets in people's heads a little bit. If you're like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, not, not feeling that vibe. Have you got to play with Spencer? First question. No. This is a guy that you and I both will be playing. We both will be playing day um, one on day one. And so we're going to get an up close and personal look at Spencer's game. I, I really like where he's at, but I'm a little bit concerned that he's coming in at that best handicap ever. And can he maintain that level of play? Um, but we know that he always seems to come out of the money. So just buyer beware. If, if, you, if you roll up against Spencer and he wants to gamble, you're probably getting the short end of the stick. Okay. It's happened to me. First three minutes, I knew the guy. Good, game, good gamble. gambler. Great, great gambler. Okay. Something, to, something to be proud of, something to look out for. Uh, one of his good friends, uh, Trey Lewis, TL3. Uh, Trey, for many years now, in my opinion, has been the class, absolute class of the congregation. Um, his game got a little shaky over the past 18 months. I'm not going to lie. You know what does that to you, my friend? You're going through that a little bit right now, although your game's not showing it. Fatherhood. Yes. Got a little bit of the fatherhood bug going, but he, he's, he's turned things around. I got him in at a, at a 3.5. Wow. Is what I'm showing his handicap. So he's, he's getting things back in order. Um, he's an absolute ball striking machine. This guy rarely needs to take the driver out of the bag because he, he pulls that four iron. I mean, it's almost like it's the, the Excalibur, like coming out of the stone when he's yeah. kind of the raising the sword. When you see that four iron come out of the bag, you're like, oh man, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And uh, that I think what is what plays well for TL3, as I like to call him at Boiling Springs, is he can take the big miss out of play with that four iron. It looks like it's going to stay dry at Boiling Springs all week, which means we got firm and fast conditions. I'd have a hard time betting against this man. Okay. I like that. Hard time betting against TL3. Uh, That leaves us with two Zachs or Zach, as I like to call the first one, Z A C H. Self admittedly, probably the class clown of the congregation, just loves to have a good time. Um, The handicap is is, is sketchy at a 17. Uh, He would say it even needs to be even higher. He was kind of begging for the 17, to be quite honest with you. Hadn't played a lot. Did you get to play with Mr. Woodburn at all last year? I don't believe so. Um, I know you got to hang out with him a little bit. Yeah. What are your impressions of Zach? Yeah. Uh, 
Satch. like you kind like you kind of said uh great guy witty real witty oh uh great great guy to just be around um i i don't i think the 17 is too high i don't like i don't like the seven that's high for me well, I believe I mentioned earlier that Hop's going up against somebody that's going to get nine strokes. I think that's Woodburn. Is it okay? Right? So, at, you know, Woodburn at a 17, Hop at a plus one. That's an 18 I'd differential. I'd be interested so to see if Woodburn could kind of get Hop out of his game with the jokey, with the jokes, Mr. Jokerson. Mr. Funny Guy, Mr. Mr. Joke. Funny I look guy. like a funny uh, yellow clown to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just again, I just, those seven, like those numbers, anything over like an 11 really scares me. Uh, cause if you play well, you're, you have the advantage. Yeah. I, uh, I can see that. I also think that, uh, ball don't lie. Right. So, you know, people are 17s for yeah. a reason and, uh, they're what, you know, I will say for a slightly different reason, much like bug, if Zach can get a year where he does catch fire and plays his best golf of the year, which in some cases is his only golf of the year, unfortunately, at the congregation, yeah, that seventeen is going to annihilate some folks. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't think this is the year. As much as I love my man, he's he's one of the OG slump busters. He was at Wichita in two thousand six. Wow. He's one of the OGs. That, I just don't see it happening. But he's going to bring the laughs. I can guarantee you that. Uh, and then the last golfer in the field, another newbie to uh, the congregation. The other Zach with a K, uh, Mr. McGill, Mr. Magoo, uh, definitely. One of my, my best friends. I can't believe he's never played in this event, actually. Uh, got to know Zach really well when I lived in Chickasha, of all places. Uh, went to church together. Uh, families knew each other really well. I think he's a total wild card. Total okay. wild card. I mean, he can strike the golf ball. Uh, Jekyll and I would call him Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, he is, he is very capable. I've seen him shoot 75. I've no recently you shot 98. Which one are we going to get? I know that, you know, he has some, uh, some injury, injury prone at times, a little injury prone, which the weather should be perfect. So we shouldn't have any, you know, too hot, too cold. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I can't do a, I can't handicap um, Zach all that well. I've, having not played with him a lot recently, not knowing what Zach we're going to get, uh, but an absolute like prince of a guy. Can't wait to have uh, Mr. Magoo tee it up with us at Boiling Springs. So we, we spent a lot of time going That's, through that the was a lot. roster. I mean, that, was that, a lot. that was a deep dive. So for the sake of time, I want us to both look at maybe one matchup that we're most excited about. And, um, and I can go first and let you kind of gather your thoughts. Um, I think that I'm always a big fan of seeing talent go up against talent. And I can tell you it's going to be – uh, a new feeling, a new feeling for uh, my man Trey Lewis to be getting pops what? in a match. Trey Lewis getting pops in a mac match going up against Vink. So two o'clock okay. in the afternoon uh, will be the third match of the day, or th his third match of the day. Justin Vink against Trey Lewis. They'll be playing. Uh, that'll be the front nine against each other. Uh, Trey is going to get one and a half pops. I, I think, I think that's going to be a tall order for, uh, for our man Vink to overcome. Again, you love to see the best of the best go after each other. I think that's going to be a great, great match. Uh, I'd probably throw uh, one more at you in similar fashion. That is big. Justin Hoppick 
We love the guy going up against BB Dixon. Again, Dixon probably not familiar as a 0.5 of getting strokes very often. And so Hop's going to be giving up one in a nine-hole match. Those are the two matches I'm most excited about. Unfortunately, I won't get to see either one of them because I'm in different groups. Uh, but those are the two that I think I uh, really am going to be keeping a side eye on when I pass those guys to kind of see where they're at. G- give me one matchup, Scott, that, give you're, me- that, you're, that you're most excited about. You're going to give me two? I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two. One is going to be quick, and that's right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Hole number one. If there was ever, if we were on the Peacock or the Embassy Sports channel where they do the featured group, <laughs> feature group, <laughs> Teal Hunt Powers Gurse would be the featured group. That would be the featured group. Uh, on, Man, what a great, on NBC what a Sports. great pairing overall that is. That group's going to be vibing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Right out of the gate, we're going to start off the Saturday just. So as Real you nice already said, you're, you're, you're getting two and a half from Don. I I'm am. giving to, to, to Spinny. Yep. So, you know, obviously Don and I are going to play well to hold you guys off. Yeah. If you guys play well, it could be a tough scene early. So and I like then, that. Look, you know, a little, little, you're giving us a little home love. And I yes, like that a lot. Yeah, yes. So the one that I would love to be able to put the clubs down and just follow. Sure. Saturday afternoon, 150. Hoppick versus Needham. <laughs> I think uh, that, could that get will be entertaining. Well, uh, talking about getting pots, I mean, he's seven getting seven and a half. half. And I, again, I, I know Keith is capable Absolutely. of shooting. He's, well, he's capable of breaking 40. Uh, he's definitely, it would not surprise anybody if he could, you know, shoot, you know, 40, 41. And when he's getting seven and a half, that means that on a, in a stroke play basis uh, is going to, is going to be down to kind of mid mid thirties can hop roll in enough putts yeah. to shoot under par to beat him. And like you said earlier, the big number that normally plagues key scorecard, you know, the triple bogey on the matter. par four, yeah, just, uh, the six on the par three. Just, it's one hole. Just get to the tee box. Next tee box. I, uh, I agree. I, and I kind of overlooked that one to be honest with you in my, uh, you and know, then there's an asterisk here for, like just outside two champions going head to head Saturday afternoon at the two ten. Jonathan Teal himself. Oh, yes. against I'm, Keno. I'm taking on the defending champ. I'm, I'm honestly, uh, I shouldn't say this. And um, I'm a little nervous about that. One. I'm a little <laughs> nervous. Uh, I, I, I nervous I, that it, like he could break you in half or you nervous. Uh, playing him? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of a samurai warrior kind yeah. of thing. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he hits the ball a long way. I hit the ball and not long way. I'm going to have to really be rolling the rock that afternoon. Uh, probably going to be distracted yeah. by OUK state going on. I, I don't, if, if anybody's betting out there, I, I, I don't feel good about that matchup. I think, I think, you know, get, and by the way, getting he's getting one and, a half. one and a half strokes on me. I, I, he's going to have to be blowing all over the place for me to stand a chance that match. I, I wouldn't again, I'm, and this is not uh, what's it called? Like reverse psychology yeah, yeah, or false yeah, modesty. Yeah. That's the one match of all my matches that if I've got beat five and four would not surprise me a bit. So, uh, but you know, that's why they play the matches. That's why you got to play. That's why they play the matches. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully everybody who's playing in the Kong is getting hyped about hyped. it. Uh, Going to be a great time to mention that we have a brand 
new, brand spanking new Instagram page. Oh, you got to talk about it. We have been uh, for many, many, many months now, over a year now, uh, using my personal Instagram for the YSO purpose. We are now out there at YSO Golf, which matches the Twitter handle. Uh, we're going to be posting all of our golf pictures, stories, all the stuff out on at YSO Golf on Instagram. Uh, so if you're currently following Jonathan WT, you'll get over to at YSO Golf and follow it because we're going to be posting a ton of stuff this weekend for the Kong. Uh, can't wait to get up. As you said, Jeff and the gang at Boiling Springs are treating us great, doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, we are a mere, recording this on a Monday night, five days away from the congregation. Uh, Scooter, we, I don't even, since we're not doing this through our typical software, I have no clue what minute mark we're at. Yes. I'm sure we're well over an hour. I'm sure there's some, uh, some potpourri out there that we need to talk about. What are, I really think we're going on two hours to be honest with you. Are we really mega? It's a mega pot. I hope this file works or we're screwed. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Two hours. So, um, yeah, throw a couple more things at me. Anything else on your mind just from the, the recap of the weekend, anything like that that's been going on? I think right, I think I really want you to just kind of, because I think you went with the family. Give me a little bit of the uh, how do you, Scooter oh, the, Scooter the, Classic. The women's golf. Yeah, definitely want to talk about that. Um, Coach V's squad, the Sooners, Coach Robinson squad, the Lady Cowgirls, uh, all compete, both competed at Belmar, in the, in right? the Schooner at Belmar Golf Club. Uh, the Schooner Fall Classic's been going for several years. Always has a good field. Uh, pretty Big Twelve heavy. So you know you had O State, yeah, Baylor, K TCU, OU, Iowa State, K State. Um, the OSU Cowgirls continue to blow everyone's doors off. They just took it. Uh, how about this, dude? Just looking at this because I went yesterday. Had a good time with the family. Got to visit with a couple of the the ladies. Got to visit with uh, actually. Uh, coach sim the uh, the ou assistant coach uh but just looking at the final results from today osu finished at minus 16 for the three round event the next closest texas a&m at plus four osu just won by 20 strokes uh take home the schooner fall classic uh, that is Schooner. I'm not mispronouncing Schooner, folks. I know what I'm doing here. I'm a trained professional. OU in seventh out of 15 teams. Uh, I don't even know if that's a respectable 22 over par. I know the wind was howling yesterday, so a lot of high scores yesterday. Uh, looks like they were very much middle of the pack. Individual side, in terms of players, I tell you what, the transfer from, uh, I believe it's Akron, Kaylee McGinty at OSU, already paying dividends. She takes on the individual title. Really? Uh, minus eight under par combined for three rounds. And some, I'm her. telling you, tough conditions yesterday afternoon. Uh, almost not outdone. Rina Tadamatsu finishes second. OSU as well. So they have the top two. She goes minus four. And then uh, another top five, Madison Henson-Tolkard finishes at even. So they have three of the top five, four of the top seven. So they absolutely wow. ran away with this thing. Kudos and congrats to Coach Robertson and the Cowgirls for yet, we got to say, yet another win. Yet they, another. they have to be one of the favorites to hoist the national championship. A lot of golf to be played between now and May. They're fun but, to watch. Uh, they are certainly fun to watch. Uh, Izzy is a fiery, fiery player. A lot of fun. Obviously, the transfer of Kaylee McGinty 
uh, played on the Curtis Cup squad, kind of the amateur version of the Solheim Cup. She's big time. And so, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, we had a good time with the family, but even more important, getting to watch those ladies play golf is, is pretty, pretty incredible. Yes. That's really all I got. Um, well, folks, this is, this has been a big one. You know, I don't ever again. like it to end because I, I just love being on, but. Well, folks, it doesn't have to end. Right? It doesn't have to end. Get out, follow my man, Scooter. Yes. Give us the Twitter handle. Give us the Instagram handle so that folks can, uh, you, you do, you got a lot, you're a Renaissance man. You got yeah. a lot of stuff going on. Where can we get at you out there on social media, buddy? So Twitter is at Scotty G 21 at um, Scotty G 21. A lot really, of hot takes really where I do a lot of my social media stuff. Um, and then don't get confused, but it's S Gers G U R S S 31 on instagram again instagram just not as uh active as the twitter game well not everybody's an artist like i am yes you know it's, you know. it's, it's tough it's tough to be an artist but uh yeah check out check out the twitter join the dirty birdie group oh yeah here uh, we go we i think the sanderson is this weekend down in jackson mississippi dirty birdies back for season uh, two season two with efs with the man specific pod Yes, the You're Still Out Dirty Birdies with Chad Ford and Scotty G. Uh, if you need the link, hit it, hit me up. We'll get it to you. We do the DraftKings uh, group, and you can win money. We do have to give a shout-out to Jonathan Teal, finishing second Hey-o. at the Ryder Cup event, which is not a PGA event, so it doesn't technically count as a second place. But the hundred one dollars that he won, hundred one dollars counts quite cashes hundred one times, hundred one times. So good job by you. Well, Scooter man, I appreciate you joining. Uh, kind of pinch hitting. I know Keith appreciates it again. Out kind of on uh, some personal matters, uh, but folks, uh, Congregation Week is here. Uh, we will be back next week with a full recap. Actually a live podcast from the YMCA golf classic next Monday afternoon at Quail Creek. I'm playing in that playing on the chalk team. Can't wait to have that full field going. If you're not playing in the Y tournament, you're not playing in the congregation folks still get out there and enjoy yourself. a Walk. (laughs) 